if you want to consider whether a church is truly developing leaders, probably the two primary dashboard indicators to look at are what percentage of staff in the church are developing other leaders or what percentage of people who hold the title leader in the staff or in the church generally are developing other leaders. And then the other indicator is what percentage of the staff has been hired from within the local church as opposed to from outside of that local church. And the higher the percentages, the greater the leadership development culture that is taking place in that local congregation. Appointment Ministries Podcast Network. Strength for today's pastor. Here's your host, Bill Holdridge. Bill is the director of Poiman Ministries, which is a team of former longtime senior pastors who are available to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. Welcome to Strength for Today's Pastor. This is podcast episode number 29, and I have with me Pastor Bruce Zachary from Nexus Calvary in Camarillo, California, and I'm so excited to have uh, Bruce in this conversation today because we're going to be talking about leadership and especially developing leaders and a, a leadership culture and kingdom leaders and these kinds of things. And if any of you know Bruce, you know that that's what he is about in his own church and in the greater kingdom of God throughout the world. So just excited about that. To introduce Bruce, he planted Calvary Nexus in 1996. He's the author of 16 books, two of which have been translated into Spanish. He's also the director of the Calvary Church Planning Network, CCPN, which uh, helps plant churches all over the world. And so he's a busy guy, but uh, has been able to do what he does because of what we're talking about today. He's able to develop leaders that can support his hands and do further work in the things that God has given him as vision to do. So welcome, Bruce. Thanks for spending this time and joining us on Strength for Today's Pastor. Yeah, thanks, Bill. I appreciate you and the Ministry of Appointment, and it's truly my pleasure to do the podcast with you, and thank you for the kind introduction. Oh, you're welcome. So we'll dive right in. I know uh, as we started our conversation before we went on the air, you uh, are very busy. Things are going at breakneck speed. That doesn't surprise me because God has given you the capacity and the ability to have a a full plate. But uh, we'll dive right in. Your church, I've been there. Your church is strong. Lots of leaders, men, women, younger, older, paid staff, interns, great church with a great vision. But it's not just for Camarillo and for Calvary Chapel. It's not an ingrown situation. It's for the kingdom. So why is it important to develop kingdom leaders? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, leadership development is really just disciple-making. It's disciple-making 2.0, that we're going to equip people to do what God has called them to do in ministry. And so as we take a look at Ephesians 4, as we take a look at Matthew 18, and those great commission ideals, the idea of equipping the saints for the work of ministry, as we contemplate Paul's words to Timothy, the things that you heard from me, commit to faithful men or faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. These are all pointing to the need to develop leaders. Titus is appointed 
to appoint leaders at Crete. We see this need that the hope of the world is the church, and the church, its stability rises and falls not only on Christ, of course, but on leadership. And so leaders are going to come, and leaders are unfortunately also going to go. And so it becomes incumbent for us to prepare leaders to assume the roles that other leaders ha- have held in the church, whether as we look at Matthew, or excuse me, Exodus 18, that they're called to lead five or 10 or 50 or 100 or 1,000, that Christ determines that extent of leadership capacity. Ours is just to, to pour in and help develop people to do the work that God has called them to do. I like that comment you made about how leaders will come and go. So that makes it incumbent upon us to continue to develop leaders. Don't ever stop this process, right? Yeah. Um, I, I've been here now for about 24 years. And through that time, I, I've seen people leave the area for countless reasons or move to another local church. And, and in that, I'm I'm a baseball guy, so to me, the idea of developing a minor league system where new talent is coming in just seems more attractive than having to rely upon free agents. But I think it's really it's a biblical idea. If you want to consider whether a church is truly developing leaders, probably the two primary dashboard indicators to look at are what percentage of staff in the church are developing other leaders or what percentage of people who hold the title leader in the staff or in the church generally are developing other leaders. And then the other indicator is what percentage of the staff has been hired from within the local church as opposed to from outside of that local church. And the higher the percentages, the greater the leadership development culture that is taking place in that local congregation. So as the percentages go up, you're developing a healthier structure for not only today, but to leverage those gifts to advance God's kingdom locally and globally into the future. Good minor league system. I love that. I, I call it a deep bench. <laughs> I'm a baseball guy, yeah. too. And our team this year is doing, He's they're rocking it. And, <laughs> and uh, it's because of that great minor league system. So, yeah, it does play over into the church for sure. So a little bit of a spoiler alert for those guys that are tuning into this right now. This is going to be a resource-heavy podcast. In other words, there are going to be a lot of great resources that are going to be offered that Calvary Nexus has offered and has put out there for free to the public and to pastors as well as free resources and training and so on. And we'll talk about some of those as we go. But, you know, you're developing leaders, you're developing a deep bench, you're developing a minor league system. And you have put together, as you were telling me earlier, a leader development plan, which uh, helps you do that. So can let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I think once you, you recognize this value of developing leaders as part of the call to make disciples, then the next reasonable question that comes to mind is how do you go about doing this and trying to create some infrastructure to support that idea. Um, and so... For us, one of the tools that we use that helps us to develop leaders is what we've called a leadership development plan. And we have a series of six questions that we have each of our staff uh, review and answer on a quarterly basis. And so the first question is asked, what are you reading or listening to that is helping you to grow in Christ? 
So here, uh, somebody might look uh, and respond and say, I'm, I'm reading my Bible, I'm listening to Strengthening Pastors podcast, Expositors Collective podcast, I'm reading these blogs, I'm reading these books, but they've got to put down on paper some answers, and either they're looking at their answers and saying, gosh, I'm, I'm taking a lot in, or they might see there's a void there. And so just getting the answer on paper is a start. It's like going to conferences, whatever it might be. Uh, the second question that we want them to consider is who is mentoring you and what are some of the matters that you're working on? So I, I think um, for my experience, I, I've discovered that no one mentor is going to work in all the various facets of life in ministry that I'm dealing with. I think it's helpful to get started with one mentor. And along the way, oftentimes you're going to discover that there's different mentors that are needed in different seasons. If you're a children's ministry director or leader and you're needing to identify new curriculum or you're looking to redesign classrooms or you're considering a check-in security system or a background check system, those are different needs. And so there might be someone in your community or in your tribe who has some expertise in that particular area that you need in that season. That might be a person who's an appropriate mentor for that season. Um, the third question that we're looking at is who are mentoring, who are you mentoring, and what are some of the matters that you're working on? So if I look at this question and I'm not intentionally pouring into people, I'm seeing a gap there. And so I want to have a sense of how many people that I'm mentoring, what are some of the issues that we're working on uh, for some people, it might be uh, managing staff. Uh, others, it might be evangelism. Someone else, it might be uh, organization. Just differing areas with differing people. Um, so as I contemplate that, I'm also asking the question, are the people that you're mentoring also mentoring others? So we want to make sure that as we're pouring into people over a matter of three months or six, once that sooner rather than later, we're starting to see them pour into others as well. Uh, that's how we're developing this culture of leadership development. Uh, the fourth question we ask is, what do you believe are your best gifts and how are you using those gifts in ministry? So if, if your best gifts are, are teaching or a relational evangelism or making disciples or outreach or counseling, or administration, or whatever it might be, uh, to begin to recognize those gifts, to talk to others that are um, being mentored by you, or perhaps that are mentoring you, and help to identify those gifts so that we can try to focus much of our ministry and, and our work week around those gifts. And then that leads to the fifth question, what are you seeking to delegate to others? So, if there are other people that I serve with who can do what I do as well as I do, or even better, it makes sense for me to delegate those things responsibly so I can focus on my areas of strength. So at our local church, I, I like to do counseling and I, I like to manage people, but there are others here who can do it as well or better than I. And so they do those things primarily. Um, I'm not the strongest with uh, tech and administration, and I praise God that others here can do it really, really well. So that's not my area of focus in the church. So 
what we do is go through the five questions. And the sixth question is simply a reflection and developmental steps. So if I review my answers and spend a little time praying and looking at the answers, I want to develop a few action steps to help me grow during the next three months. And that might be meeting with some mentors, uh, identifying some more people to mentor. It might mean delegating. It might mean setting up some meetings with uh, some people to provide assessment or uh, to provide some different perspective. But I want to have a few steps in there that during the next three months, these are the things that I want to be working. And so I, I kind of liken this to a levee. If you imagine the, the Panama Canal, uh, a lock system that you enter in at one height and you keep moving up through successive locks over a course of time. So no matter how gifted I am or you are, someone is in leadership development, we can all improve. And so by having a system where there's a quarterly review, we're going to each three-month period take some steps up. And uh, at the end, we're going to come out higher than when we started. So that's the goal of this leadership development plan for us. That's an excellent process. So I'm hearing uh, the mind or the heart, I think, of the the small church or the normal size church pastor thinking, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have people like this that I can even bring into a leadership environment or a leadership team that I could review anything like this with quarterly. Uh, in your situation, there were things that led up to the first batch of leaders that you had to work with. How does that happen? What's the, what's the clear path to leadership in at Calvary Nexus? Oh, yeah. I think, for example, uh, going back to the baseball analogy, if if you're the single A coach instead of double A, triple A, or major leagues, uh, the talent that you have at single A uh, doesn't compare to major league talent. There you're looking for capacity as well as competency. You're you're trying to uh, project someone's capacity to lead. They don't have necessarily proven leadership at this time. But you're looking for some indicators that this person might be, um, and you're looking to develop that leadership. So you're, you're pouring into people, and not everyone's going to be major league talent, but still each and every person that you're spending time with and looking to develop is going to be more effective, not only in the local church, but ideally in God's kingdom for years to come. And, and so there's a value. You, you just identify um, the the people that you want on the team and you recognize they're not all going to be major leaguers, but you might find some major leaguers in the bunch, but they're not going to become major leaguers until you develop them. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the guy who can throw a baseball 95 miles an hour doesn't mean he can throw strikes and doesn't mean that he can strike people out. But the fact that he's got the capacity to throw 95 miles an hour is worthy of some interest. Similarly, somebody who's a Bible teacher, someone who's interested in serving, someone who's showing Christ-like character, comfortable in missional engagement or relational evangelism, uh, someone who has an ability to attract other people who will serve alongside. All, All of those are indicators. So you made an assumption as you started developing leaders there in Camarillo, you made an assumption that those that the Lord brings are going to include your first batch of leaders. They're there already, so let's develop who we have, not wait for major league talent. 
And then the second assumption that you made was that you were going to be the one to develop them, at, at least on this level. Yeah, I, I think it, when you first get started, there's almost the sense like, hey, if you can fog a mirror, maybe you're qualified. And and uh, I don't want to reduce it to that, but I, I look at leadership. Uh, sometimes that term uh, becomes a stumbling block. If we look at leadership as simply the capacity to influence others, and certainly in varying degrees, but we recognize that by investing in people to develop them as leaders, uh, that they're simply exercising influence. And spiritual influence is simply, or spiritual leadership is simply influence to advance the gospel, advance God's kingdom. And so I, I'm, I'm more than comfortable spending time with somebody who may be called to lead five people as I am to spend time with somebody called to lead perhaps a thousand people. But the, the people who are called to lead a thousand always started as people called to lead five and then developed to people called to lead 10 or 50 or 100. Um, nobody starts off with uh, that capacity without being vetted first. I see so much passivity, Bruce, in the leadership development question with some pastors. They're waiting for somebody to come up through the ranks, starting at this level, going into that level of ministry, climbing up the ladder, and then eventually graduating to the elder, board member, maybe assistant pastor position. But what you're talking about is proactive leadership development, going after the people. Yeah, um, my assumption is that there is majorly talent that is waiting to be developed and not everyone is going to be majorly talent but man if i've got somebody who's single a talent and i develop them and god's gifting is is proven so that they become triple a talent then triple a talent can be incredibly effective in 95 percent of the churches in the united states Mm -hmm. you know all-star major league talent if that's top five percent that might be the kind of gifting that's needed to be effective in a mega church representing one half to one percent of all churches in the U.S. So for the rest of the 330,000 uh, Protestant churches, triple A talent is going to be more than adequate. Double A talent can be more than adequate. So let's pour in and develop it. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's great. So you have lots of tools, and I'm going to take a minute here to talk about some of the available resources, and then you can comment on them as you want. One of my favorite has been, of course, the Calvary Church Planning Manual. I think it's just rich in helping understand what Calvary Chapel is and what is the style of ministry and what are some of the aspects of ministry, what is the underbelly of ministry in terms of character and vision and value system. And I've used that myself with numbers of groups of guys to train them. So that's available at the calvarychurchplanting.org website. All one word, calvarychurchplanting.org. And there's the tab tools. And under tools, you can access the the church planning manual as well as the school ministry materials as well. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. It's uh, ccpn.org or calvarychurchplantingnetwork. Oh. And, and along with uh, Pastor Miles de Benedictus, I've had the privilege and the pleasure of co-directing that for some years. Okay. Yeah. So, so just to clarify. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I found it at calvarychurchplanning.org. So 
So, oh, we probably have that domain as well. So yeah. God. Okay, good. All right, so repeat that again. What are those URLs? Yeah, uh, ccpn.org uh-huh. and calvarychurchplantingnetwork.org okay. as well as uh, presumably calvarychurchplanting.org. Hallelujah. Okay, all right, good. They're also available at calvarynexus.org, the church where I serve locally. Okay. So that leads to some of the books that you've made available, um, calvarynexus.org, and then there's the drop-down tab, Grow in Christ, and it's possible to download any of those books in PDF format, including two of them, which are in Spanish. Some of the titles, Making Disciples, Kingdom Leaders, Developing Leaders, The School of Ministry, What We Believe and Why, Marriage, some great, great resources and titles there as well. Oh, thank you. You're kind. Yeah, one of the fun things for me about that is uh, cycling is my jam. And so on the book covers, you'll see bicycles, and the great majority have bicycles on the cover. And those are generally pictures that my wife Karen took, so that makes it fun for me. But yeah, those can be helpful resources to developing leaders. Um, in addition to the planting manual that's there, there's a school of ministry curriculum and uh, the beauty of that, in my opinion, is it is simple, reproducible, and visible in the sense that it's a tool that could be used in a church of 50 people, a church of 500 people, a church of 5,000 people, a church in Lima, Peru, Omaha, Nebraska, Manhattan, New York. And so uh, the idea there is you're uh, taking people through 16 modules. There's typically uh, four studies in each module of areas that I consider to be uh, very important in making disciples and developing leaders for ministry in the local church. And so the curriculum is designed that the teacher, whether it's a lead pastor or another staff person, is spending an hour and 15 minutes uh, per week interacting with the students, providing the curriculum. The students commit to an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes of class time, uh, and after one hour of ministry uh, per week, and then life work, which is really just a spiritual term for homework, mm-hmm. uh, comprises one hour a week. So if I, for example, in our local church, we've had classes as large as 40 or 50 students, and if I was teaching it, I could spend an hour and a half a week going through the materials and impacting 40, 50 people. And so whether it's five people or 50 people or more or something in between, it's a relatively small investment of time on the leader's part to just leverage uh, developing leaders. And so that's been a real helpful resource we found through the years. In the process of, of that happening, you know, these people are coming, they're making the commitment, they're being exposed to things that most church members are not going to be exposed to in the course of their church experience. That is correct. And one of the things that we developed as part of that curriculum is every three months, a a student would meet with either a leader or a teacher's aide, depending on the context, and develop a personal action plan. So, for example, if their first step was to be involved as an usher, uh, the next step might be to become an assistant on a team of four ushers. The third step, three months later, is to lead that team of four. Uh, the fourth step, another three months later, is to identify 
a potential assistant or recruit another person onto the team and mentor them. So each three-month block going through a 16-month, effectively five different blocks, takes them through individual stages of personal development. And we found that to be really helpful in developing people for kingdom service. I seem to remember, Bruce, that the curriculum was designed in the School of Ministry curriculum I'm talking about to enable someone to jump in to each module. They don't have to have completed the previous modules before they jump into the next one. Yeah, um, yeah. part of the beauty of it was to look at it more like a, as opposed to a linear progression where, in other words, uh, track two is not dependent on mm-hmm. understanding track one, mm-hmm. that you could get in anywhere on these 16 modules without having to be dependent on the preceding module. And as you go through the 16 uh, modules over a course of 16 months, you finished. And that, that made it very accessible without having to have the critical mass to do spring and fall enrollment only. Right. And then people don't have to wait until it starts yeah. module one again. So that's that. You, yeah. you easy access. A, easy access. Jump in right away. Okay, mm-hmm. so here we go. F- free resources. These are great. ccpn.org uh, is the place to get a lot of this stuff. Calvarynexus.org as well. Um, really appreciate you making all that stuff available, Bruce. So developing sure, leaders. Uh, plan, <laughs> thanks. Church planning manual, all of these sorts of things that are being offered. And I love the definition you made. Uh, leadership is basically the ability to influence others. Is that what you said? That Am I quoting it accurately here? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't coin that idea. I think John Maxwell may have articulated okay. that long before I ever did, but I, I believe it to be true. Yeah, yeah. and so many times thinking of uh, leadership as being someone who's holding a particular office in the local church whether it's overseeing a ministry or holding the office of deacon or elder. And I think you you see leaders long before they're ready to mm-hmm. occupy those positions, those titles, and it's developing them based on, on some potential uh, competency, well, just capacity that you could look at someone and say, wow, I could put a dozen eggs in that basket, or man, this person has the potential to be a hundred egg basket. And similarly, you see other people and go, I'm not sure I'm comfortable yet putting more than two eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just having a, a sense of, of the likelihood of this person developing and, and what they have the potential to become. So you're you're looking at people, always watching people and the leaders that are working with you are always watching people and looking for people. How important is the human element in all of this? I mean, we talk about calling. God has called us to do this. God has called us to be this, formed us and made us to be this thing. But what's the human element involved? How how important yeah. is it that a leader, you know, actually does that and, and finds and locates and encourages and helps them understand that they are a leader at whatever level? Yeah, I, I think it is being uh, challenged. Uh, exceptionally right now because the postmodern culture that we find ourselves, a a post-everything culture, that when I started doing this 25, 30 years ago, there was a certain home field advantage because there was a greater sense of church culture in Mm -hmm. the place where I lived, in the time where I lived. And I I think 
now a lot of the low hanging fruit, so to speak, has been taken off the branches. And so we're looking for people and showing that hunger for Christ-like character, a hunger for Bible learning, um, a desire to serve, a desire to help lead others who are serving, a desire to lead leaders. Um, you just see this progression. And when you, you see those, those people who are displaying a heart to serve, Christ-like character that has been forged because of Bible learning over a course of time, that you're starting to approach people and encourage them about the incredible blessing and fulfillment that comes from serving God. When I was blessed, I enjoyed what I did in the marketplace before I was called to full-time ministry. It was a very comfortable gig. It paid very well, and I would not trade what I get to do today back for what I was doing before, because ministry is the only thing, the only thing in the universe that reaps eternal rewards. And by doing more of that with my time, I, I am influencing eternity. So if I was a physician and I was saving people's lives, I'm sure that would be incredibly rewarding. And I could be a Christian doctor and that'd be fantastic. But what I get to do influences people's eternity. And I'm in a situation where I get to do it for lots of hours each week. And that's really satisfying. So to come alongside people, to give them the encouragement about entering into what God is doing, those Kairos opportunities, and explaining to them the, the wonderful satisfaction and contentment that flows from this that is not going to flow from their Instagram feed. It's not going to flow from their experiences. It's not going to flow from anything else that the world has to offer. That some people are going to ponder that and they're going to be drawn by God into that. And that's when there's that convergence. That's where we get to enter into the human element of God's work. That God is moving supernaturally in a very natural way to call people into his work. Yeah, well said, well said. So let's go over these resources again, Bruce, just so that our listeners have one more shot at it. Can you just repeat yes. the URL for the website and explain them a little bit? Sure. So at the Calvary Church Planting Network, or ccpn.org, um, they will find all of books and other resources that I have created as well as others in our movement and beyond. Uh, there's the Church Planting Manual. There's a School of Ministry curriculum. Both of those resources are available in English and in Spanish. There's also an internship program that is available that is explained. Forms that are used to support that internship program are also available there. So those can be very helpful resources. The Leadership Development Plan is also available at the Calvary Nexus sites at simply calvarynexus.org. If any of the listeners uh, have questions, I make myself available. They can email me at bruce at calvarynexus.org, just bruce at calvarynexus.org, and I'm happy to try to assist. And I'd also suggest as another resource, uh, Poyman Ministries. I, I personally have undergone assessment uh, with Poyman and Every two years, our, our church as a whole has a 360-degree assessment where we've brought in a leader uh, from appointment. Um, specifically, Phil Evans has, has helped us in that. And, and Bill, you've always been a source of great insight. 
but will come and uh, meet with every department at our church. So we have a, a larger staff. So they're meeting with youth ministry, tech ministry, worship ministry, kids ministry, administration, uh, business, and, and they're meeting with the different departments, assessing. They're coming to the church on a Sunday and observing and making assessment. They're uh, meeting with my wife and I and making sure that we're doing well personally, our spiritual health, our emotional health, as well as physical health, and all of those uh, assessment perspectives are incredibly helpful for me because I am blind to my blind spots and I have perspective bias. So I tend to think that my view is a right view and having others with great experience and perspective who can point out some of my blind spots and challenge some of my perspective bias is really helpful for me to grow as a leader and for our team to be able to grow. So I would recommend that as well, an assessment to appointment. Well, yeah. uh, Life-changing. Okay. Well, that's great. That's what's wonderful. That's very encouraging to hear. So to do that, yeah, you'd and have no to... promotional consideration was offered for that. that, that was, <laughs> without promotional, absolutely not. That's right. Anyway, uh, the way to do that would be strongerpastors at gmail dot com. You can just email us at appointment that way. Strongerpastors at gmail dot com. Well, Bruce, again, mm-hmm. thanks for joining us. This has been really helpful, and thanks for all the resources again. And maybe you could. Lead us in a closing prayer for the pastors that are going to be listening to this podcast and or other leaders. Yeah. Father, I just thank you for this podcast. I thank you for Bill and the ministry of strengthening pastors that he and others through Poyman do. And Father, I thank you for each of the leaders that are listening. Uh, They are either current leaders or prospective leaders who have an interest in this subject have an interest in growing and stirring up the gifts of leadership that you have given, that your kingdom might be advanced not only locally, but globally. I pray for each and every one of us as leaders that we would take to mind this calling to make disciples who love you and who love their neighbors better, who can make disciples of others and be prepared to advance your kingdom. So help us, Lord, to embrace this value, not only to affirm it, but to appropriate it and to learn how to do it better, that you would be glorified, and that we would discover the great contentment that flows from that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks again, Bruce. And for those of you that have been listening, may the Lord bless you as you continue to uh, seek the Lord Jesus to help you to fulfill the Great Commission, making disciples, making leaders, developing people so that the greater kingdom of God can be expanded. And that concludes today's episode of Strength for Today's Pastor, episode 29. Thanks again to Bruce Zachary of Nexus Calvary in Camarillo, California. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poiman Ministries. You can find us at poimanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or desire to connect with us, or if you have a comment or a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. Until we meet again, may you continue to be a strengthened pastor.